Well, we know he does love us a lot, doesn't he? Thank the Lord for that everlasting love that God has for us. You know, sometimes you wonder how he could love us as sinful as we are. Thank the Lord. Well, Philippians, if you have your Bible still there with you, I don't think any of you left it, left away, got away with it here, all righty. But chapter number three of the book of Philippians, if you want to turn over there, I'll read something else to you. Philippians chapter three and verse number seven. I'll read the verses by myself here. And uh, I think it goes along with and kind of answers what, the book of Ecclesiastes we just read in, uh, in that portion of scripture where Solomon talked about all the things that the world that he had. And, uh, and then we find the Apostle Paul talks about something. It's just a whole lot different. And let's see what it says. Follow along with me if you would please. Philippians chapter 3 verse 7 says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, in Christ Jesus. What is your purpose? What is your purpose? Heavenly Father, we pray you help us now as we look into this portion of Scripture. Help teach us something. Help us to have a good purpose in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I read the story one day about a college student was taking an exam in, in, uh, in, uh, in, well, for one of his classes and the professor walked by as he was taking this exam, and he looked, and the college student was doing this. And he'd write something down. And what he was doing, he's flipping a coin. And the professor said, buddy, are, are, you, are you flipping a coin to find out? Are you just guessing at the answers? He says, oh, no, I'm checking my answers now. <laughs> Think about that. He was flipping a coin. You know what's sad? I think sometimes that's the way we live our life. Let's see what happens today. And we just live by what happens. What's, what comes our way? You know, what that tells me this, that I, I really don't have a purpose. I thought, you know, the answer is not flipping a coin. And, and yet, sadly, many times people will use that idea of life of just, well, I'll get up in the morning and see what happens. And I understand that. I understand. I don't know what's going to happen every morning. But there's a purpose I have in getting up, and that is I want to live for the Lord. I don't want to just go and say, well, if temptation comes along, I'll fall for that temptation. No, purpose of living for the Lord, because temptations will come. You see, so many times we, we live a life that has no direction. And when you get in the car, I think there was only one time I remember this. A long time ago, we were having, we are going to go away. And we couldn't decide where we wanted to go. And you know what we did? This is a crazy thing. 
We got in the car, all packed. We're going we're to spend one night or two nights away. I can't remember what it was there. But I drove to the bottom of our lane. We're, we live up on a hill. We come, we come down to the bottom of the lane. I said, which way, right or left? You say, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it was. I didn't know. She goes, I don't care. I said, I don't care. We sat there for a while. I don't care. I don't care. But finally, we made us up. Let's go this way. And we ended up going, I think, was that when we went to Baltimore? We went the wrong way. <laughs> Amen. If you've been to some of the places in Baltimore, you went the wrong way. And, uh, but uh, we, we, just, I just, we just wanted to get away. We just lived that, that time. Like, but you know, we can't live that way in our lives and really for things to work out well. There has to be a determination of what we do. We have to have a direction. Someone once said, if you don't know where you're going, you're likely to end up in someplace else. You don't know where you're going. What's your purpose in life? Sometimes people, there was a, there was a time, uh, I was reading about a man one time went out and he began to ask people on the street, said, what's your purpose in life? And, and, and many of the people would say this, I don't know. I mean, if I came to you this morning and said, what's your purpose in life? You may have an answer, or you may be like most people. You just go, well, I don't know. I don't know what my purpose is. Some people would stop, and they, they said that they would just stand there, and they would think and think, now, what's my purpose in life? And then finally come up with saying, I really don't know. And then there were some people who said, well, I guess I won't know till I die. Then I'll find out what my purpose in life was. You got to think, wouldn't it be something if we found out the purpose God has for us now and to live for that purpose that he has for our lives? Some people, you know, they say, well, you know, uh, 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 people that said, yes, I have a purpose in life. Some of them said this. They said, my purpose in life is to have fun. I like to have fun, but that's not my purpose of life. Some of them said, well, my purpose is to be happy. And I think we all would say, I want to be happy too. But that's not my purpose in life because sometimes things happen that I'm not happy about. Some people said, well, my purpose in life is to have a good time and enjoy life. Some said, I just, just have as much fun as I can in the shortest amount of time. Now, there's nothing wrong with enjoying life, is there? You know, we can enjoy times. I, I remember I used to love to fish. I mean, I'd fish if it was wintertime and the ice was thick. I was on the ice fishing. I enjoyed it. If it was in a boat down at Racetown or up at Canoe Creek or along the shore or in a canoe going down the Junietta River, I'm telling you what, or the, what's the river there in Harrisburg? Uh, the Susquehanna. Oh, man, that was a lot of fun. Till you hit rocks, that wasn't fun then. But uh, we, we'd go down and fish. Oh, I just loved it. I enjoyed that. But, you know, there's more to life than just fishing. I, I enjoyed that. I, it, was, it, was, it was fun. It was enjoying life. But there's more to life than just fishing or hunting or playing games. There's a purpose that God has for us in our life. Actually, when we try to live as a purpose of having fun and just enjoying life, we're going to end up very empty. Because a lot of things in life is not fun. A lot of things, things in life are tough. You know, the older you get, I told my wife, I said, you know, and I told some other folks, I said, one of the benefits of growing older is you see, because have more to look back on how God blessed you. But then also as you look back as you're older, you look about so much of your life is already gone. And the thought comes, did I live the way God wanted me to in those years? 
Well, I can't take that back. I can't go back to it. But I can work on the years that I have ahead of me. How long is that? I don't know. None of us do. But we're here for a purpose. There's a purpose. Actually, when our purpose is just to have fun, it leaves us empty. I was thinking it's kind of like eating cotton candy. Sure tastes good, but you don't get anything from it, do you? Huh? I watch people, when we had Bible school, I watched everybody, kids, they love cotton candy, but I noticed this, the, the parents and the teachers love cotton candy too. You take that stuff, and you know, as a diabetic, I, I, I think that's wonderful stuff. It's probably what you shouldn't eat if you're a diabetic. But I look at it this way. If you put it in your mouth, it disappears. Evidently, you don't get sick from it. Just saying. Now, don't you go home, and if you're a diabetic and eat any cotton candy, all right. But what is it? It's just like nothing. You put that in your mouth, it's nothing. It's kind of like what it is to live a life and not have the purpose that God has for you. Some people that were asked the question, what is your purpose in life? They had good answers. Some would say this, well, my purpose in life is to live a moral life. Boy, I wish more people would do that, don't you? We live in a very immoral world today. Some people say, well, I wanna, my purpose in life is to raise a good family. And I go, well, hey, man, we need some good families. We need some boys and girls to be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Some said, well, my purpose is to raise my kids so that they can have a good future. A wonderful thing, wonderful thing to do. But the fact of the matter is, even as good as those things are, they're short-sighted. I believe what God said there in the book of Ecclesiastes, he was telling us as, as, as through Solomon, God has put within us eternity. You know, we're all going to spend eternity somewhere. We're here in this world right now. For me, it's been 69 years I've been in this world. How many more? I don't know. But I, here's the thing. There is an eternity ahead. The eternity of either heaven or hell. One or the other. And sometimes we look at this life that this is all there is. I've talked to people before. They said, well, when, when you die, that's it. You just go to the ground. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible tells me there's a heaven and there's a hell. So what God is trying to show us, I think, through the book of Ecclesiastes, is that there is a life that we live on earth preparing us for this time of eternity. If I don't get saved while I'm here on this earth, it is too late once I die. Then I have eternity of hell. If I get saved on this, while I'm here on this earth, I have the eternity of heaven. Now, there's a purpose that God has for us as we live here. You know, I, I think as a Christian, we, we were, the, the choir sang the song, The King is Coming. Loved it. Great job, choir. That, that just thrilled my heart. The King is Coming. I mean, I, I, how wonderful it's going to be when he comes again. But the thing is, right now, there's a purpose for us being here in church today. There's a purpose for us in what we do in our lives, in our families, in our jobs. There's a purpose, the reason why we're here. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I don't even know why I'm here. Well, God has a purpose for us. I tell people sometimes in, when I go to the hospital, folks are really ill, or I've gone to the rest home, and some of the dear folks in the rest home, they say, well, I just don't know why God left me here. And I always tell them this, because God has a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. I don't know how many people in the rest home have been a blessing to me. I go in there and they can't come to church. They can't do anything. We just lay there in that bed. But they can do this. How many times I've had a person in the rest room say, Preacher, I pray for you every day. Thank God for those prayer warriors in the rest home. 
And there are other, other homes too, amen. Thank the Lord. What happens there? They're, they're, they're doing what God wants them to. We can't be so short-sighted to think that, it's, that, our, that our life only depends on right now, but our life depends on, on, on so many others. I, I, I oftentimes told you about my grandfather. What, a, what an effect he had on my life. You know, I'm glad that it was a purpose in his life was not just to be, be a crane operator for, for a, 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 a business. He, his purpose in life was to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. His purpose was to be an influence upon his grandsons. His purpose in life was to raise a family for the Lord. I thank the Lord for the purpose and lived his life to reach people for Christ. His life was consumed with doing God's will. What a great purpose. That really, he's been gone for years now. He died, I think, right after Lisa was born. He's, he's been gone for a long time. But you know what? His memory still goes on. And the effect he had in my life still goes on. There is a big purpose in our lives. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon examined the things that commonly motivate us in life. Pleasure, accomplishments, pursuit of wisdom, learning, power, position, Riches, security. As, as, as we were reading there in Ecclesiastes, we saw those things that he said about, uh, uh, about all those accomplishments there. But then when we got to the end of that portion of Scripture, he said it was all vanity and vexation of spirit. He looked and he evaluated it all and declared that they're, I guess to put it in our term today is this, they're not what they're all cracked up to be. You know, we try to get and get and make money and make money. It, you know what? You really don't find anyone who says, I don't need any more. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's like you're never satisfied. we're never satisfied with the things of this world. I believe, I believe what will satisfy us is the Lord Jesus Christ. When I look and I, you know, I don't know about you, but I go to stores and sometimes I look at stuff and I go, well, I can't afford that. But you see, I may not have everything, but I have something the world does not have. That's that joy, that peace, and that ability to be able to do what God wants me to do. And as our Sunday school lesson we were talking about, the Apostle Paul touched other lives. The church of Thessalonica was a great church because there was a great man that gave his life for the Lord. Nearly a thousand years later, the Apostle Paul writes the words we just read in Philippians chapter number three. And I think about the Apostle Paul, you know, he was, he was really bad before he got saved, wasn't he? He was, he was arresting all the Christians and putting them in jail and putting some to death. And, and uh, he, he was really bad character. But you know, to the world, they looked at him like, man, he is somebody. He was famous. He was known by so many people. I mean, some people, they feared him because they knew the power that he had. I'm sure there were people in the government that looked and said, he's an up-and-comer. Why, well, this man's going to do something great for our, for our government. Oh, it looked like he had so much going for him. It looked like he was going places, but what did he say? As I read there to you, he said, verse 7, but what things were gained to me, I, those I kind of lost for Christ. He said, I thought for a while it was gain, but it was loss. He said, yet doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and do count them but done, that I may win Christ 
He was, it's waste. You know, most of us would look and say, man, if I just had all, all those things that Paul had and the notoriety and, and the f- being famous and, and the money maybe he probably had from what he was doing. But he said it was nothing but waste. You know what he's saying? It was rubbish. It was debris. It was worthless junk. Now, that's the way the world looks at what we have, though. I got a letter this week from a business in town, in Duncansville. Someone put tracks around, and they, they wrote me a letter. Didn't sign their name. I'm telling you, a coward doesn't sign their name. And they said this: that someone had left some tracks, and they said, and they called our tracks this litter, and they called it propaganda. Let me tell you something: it's not litter, it's not propaganda. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful somebody passed out some tracks, and 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 they were very much against it. You know, I, that's all right. They could be against it, but I still. Last time I checked, we live in America. Okay. Okay. But you know what? I thought that's the way the world is. They look at, you know, you know what those tracks were? It was telling people how to go to heaven. And called it propaganda. Called it trash, litter. Apostle Paul said, you know what I count? Trash, litter, all the things the world has to offer. All that I gain by this old world and never thought about eternity until finally on that, on that road to Damascus, thank the Lord, he got saved. When he got saved there. He summed it all up there. Look at verse 13. Well, if, you, if you're there in Philippians, if not, I'll read it to you. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. You know, he changed his whole life for forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He realized the things of the world will not last. Pleasures do not last. We read that in Ecclesiastes. The Bible says, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7, says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we, that we, it's certain we carry nothing out. <laughs> you think about it. People have said this for years. I think it's, it's quite, quite true. You never see a U-Haul trailer on the back of a hearse. Don't take it with you. In Hawaii, I had, a, I had a, a professor in college. He used to be a missionary to Hawaii. I prayed God would make me a missionary like that. Amen to Hawaii. Wouldn't that be awesome? And, uh, but he was a missionary to Hawaii, and he said that oh, the Hawaiians, when they would bury someone, they would take, put food in the casket for that person. You can't take it with you. But you see, you can send something ahead. You can send souls. You see, finding the purpose that God has for you Pleasure will not last. Possessions will not last. There's a statement some years ago I've heard said this, he who dies with the most toys still dies. A lot of times we think, well, he's the one who wins. No, he still dies. Prestige will not last. Jesus said many who are first will be last and the last will be first. I think sometimes we have this idea of who's the greatest, and the Lord said, you know, the greatest is the servant. You know, sometimes we think, well, those will be the greatest ones in heaven. Probably going to be somebody you never knew. God said, you know what, I saw their life. They lived their life 
would not being not, they were they lived their life by by not living selfishly, but gave themselves. They had a purpose in their life, a eternal purpose. Jesus said in Mark chapter eight verse thirty six, "For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul?" I mean, I'm so winning sometimes I find people and say, well, if you die today, you know you go to heaven. They go, well, I'm not sure. Could I show you in the Bible? No, I'm okay. I'll, maybe some other day. In the balances is their soul that'll live forever somewhere, heaven or hell. You say, well, I, I'm a good person. I, I've searched this Bible over and over from cover to cover, and nowhere does it tell me I go to heaven because I'm a good person. I met someone the other day, and I, they said about, they told me this. They said, well, I think I'd go to heaven because I've been really good. And then I asked him, I said, how much good do you have to do? You know what she said? I don't know. And it's true. You don't know because there is no certain amount. The only goodness that can take us to heaven is what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. He paid the price. He paid it all in full. John wrote in 1 John 2.17, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The things of this world are just temporary. You ever notice junkyards? I'm not talking about some of your backyards. I'm talking about junkyards where they have cars, all right? You know, you know those cars in the junkyard? They don't last. They're probably, most of them are Fords. I'm sorry. But uh, there's, there's all kinds of cars in the junkyard. And you look, you go by Yurdy's up here, you go by and you look and they smash them. There, there is a, in that little piece of, of crushed steel once was a shiny brand new car. In 1973, I bought a brand new Mercury Montego GT. It was cool. I bought it brand new out of the showroom. $3,500. Shows how old I am, huh? So, Andy, you bought that Model A when you were a kid. What was but, uh, the price on that one? But, you know, I mean, I bought, I, that, was, that was so cool. I went, took the, took the hubcaps off, bought mag wheels, Krager mags on it, deep dish in the back, shallow in the front. I put some air shocks on it, lifted it up in the back, you know, shined it, waxed it all the time. It shined, it sparkled. I would take the wheels off and I would spray paint the, 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 the brakes. The, it wasn't, they didn't have disc brakes. It was just the, uh, what do you call those, Daniel? Drum brakes, I would spray the drums. Before a date, I would spray the drums, brush them off real good, spray them white. Oh, it looked so cool. White, black interior, had two hood scoops on it. I mean, it was as long as three football fields, but it was awesome. <laughs> it's in a junkyard. I had a Mustang one time. It looked so good, but all of a sudden, it started getting scabs. And it rusted. It's in the junkyard. One day it was shiny and new. The things of this world does not last. But eternal life is exactly that. Eternal. Aren't you glad for that? I am. I am. I'm glad that I know this old world's just temporary, but not the things of God. 
as a Christian, we can understand this, that life is in itself empty. That's why a lot of people today, they understand, they say, you know, life's so empty, why even live? But there's a reason why. A lot of suicide in America today, I guess probably all over the world. Where a person comes and says, you know, they realize that things in this world's empty. Well, if that's all you have, understand it then. But if you have the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a reason that you're here. The Lord will take us home when it's time to go home. And if it's not time to go home, we're here for a reason and a purpose. Now, there is an advantage of knowing that life in itself is empty. You say, preacher, but I don't want an empty life. That's why we need the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. That's what makes it worth living. Yeah. You, know, you save money, and then what happens? Recession comes. You make an investment, boy, it's doing really good until something happens, and then it's gone. That's the way life is. Back in the times of the Depression, when the stock market crashed, how many people committed suicide? Loads of them, jumping out of buildings because their money left. You know, that's life. But I found something, excuse me, somebody who has never left, and that's the Lord. You see, there is a reason for us to live. You say, what is it, preacher? Ephesians 2, 8, 2, 10. Ephesians 2, 10. Listen to it. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The reason that we're here is to walk in the word of God, what God's told us to do. You know, sometimes we say about the sin we do, the bad things we do, but remember I, I say so many times, it, those things we don't do, as the Bible says, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. To know to do good, purpose would say this, I know I'm supposed to do good, and if I have real purpose of life, God's purpose, then I'll do what God says. What could be done if we all lived according to the purpose God has for us? You, your life is a valuable life. Your life is a life that can touch someone else, can encourage someone, can give them the gospel, can help them. You see, our lives are not to be centered around us, in our needs, in our family, all, just all of that, in our personal fulfillment. Our lives need to be sur surrounded by the Lord Jesus Christ. Our lives need to be centered around him. Now, does that mean that we're not to take care of our families? No. doesn't mean that. Does it mean we're not to take care of our needs and have, and have dreams for the future? No, does, that doesn't mean that. But the ultimate motive and purpose of our life is to put the Lord Jesus Christ first. Amen. Our purpose ought to be what Paul said in verses 13 and 14, which I read a little while ago. In verse 14, I'll just read it again. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So my purpose is to follow the Lord and do what he says. That means this. 
The reason, you know, you say, well, I'm going to take care of my family. But the reason I take care of my family is because I've centered my life around the Lord Jesus Christ. My kids need a dad that follows the Lord. My kids need a mom that's following the Lord. That's a purpose God has given to us. Now, our children, all five of our kids have grown up. And now they all have kids of their own. But there's a purpose that we have to center our lives around the Lord Jesus Christ for that family that's grown up and for those grandkids. The reason I love my children is because my life is surrendered to the Lord and centered around Him. The reason I love my wife, still trying to come up with that one. (laughs) Just seeing if you're paying attention. The reason I love my wife is because Jesus is the center of our life. We're growing older. I'm not the young, handsome man she used to have. Some of you are looking like, I don't think that ever was that way. <laughs> no. How is it when you're seeing your citizens, you can still be in love because your life is surrounded with the Lord Jesus Christ? You're centered on Him. All that to say this our lives need to be surrendered and centered on the Lord Jesus Christ. In all that we do, in the work that we do, the jobs that we have, the homes that we have, the raising of our kids, our grandkids. You see, when we build our lives around the Lord Jesus Christ, it'll motivate us to take care of all life's responsibilities correctly. We all have responsibilities, don't we? You know, we got married. I got responsibility. I had a wife now. I had to take care of my wife. I had to make sure, you know, she, she had what she needed and, and had a roof over our heads. You know, it was a lot cheaper when I was single. Oh, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. What were we thinking? <laughs> we were in love. So what happened? I was in love. I took on responsibility. Married her, take care of the bills, roof over our head. And then what happens? About a year after that, that happened. Lisa. My wife comes and she says, honey, I'm sick to my stomach. I said, so what? Fix supper. She goes, I don't feel so good. She goes, I threw up this morning. I go, it must be something you ate. And then finally what happened? She goes, honey, I think I'm pregnant. I'm saying, don't think that. (laughs) She kept thinking it five times. (laughs) I mean, time, you know, the first time's like, oh man, I can't believe it. I'm going to be a dad. And then the second time's like, oh, I'm going to be a dad. When Mark was born, I went, wake me up when it's done. (laughs) Amen. But you know what? I'm motivated to take care of my wife because I know the Lord wants me to. Motivated to teach my kids the right things because my life centered around the Lord, what he wants me to do. In our family, 
in my life on this earth, in our life on this earth, if we would center our lives not on what's going on in the world, but center our lives on the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll motivate you to take care of the real responsibilities the right way. That ultimately is our purpose for life. There's a reason you're here. And I have to say this, I'm glad you are. Amen. Aren't you glad for God's people? I'm glad for you folks here today. I'm so thankful for what he's done for us. But I'm glad for this. You know, not only can we be together here on this earth, but knowing the Lord is your Savior, you can be together forever. I think I've seen it on tombstones before. With a husband, one name on the one side and and the wife's name on the other side. And in the center it said this, together forever. I'm glad that there's an eternity. But the only way to have the eternity for heaven is to be born again. Was there a time in your life you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If not, today could be the day for that. You say, preacher, I know that I'm saved. Praise the Lord. All right, find and do the purpose that God has for you. And it comes down to this. Center your life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because everything is vanity. That's what Solomon, the wisest man in the world, understood that. You say, he had everything. Yeah, he did what we're trying to do. And then he came up and said, you know what? It's vanity. You know, when Solomon died, he took nothing with him. Nothing. But you know what? We can send something ahead. That's people that we've led to Christ. Find that purpose that God has for your life. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for the time this morning. Thank you for your word. Father, I pray that every one of us in this room would decide to find and do your purpose in life. Lord, every one of us could surrender our our life to you. We can be saved and know we're going to heaven. But Lord, help us then to surrender that life and center it upon you. May you be first in our life. Lord, I believe we'll have a happier home, a better marriage. Things be so much greater if we would just make you the center of our lives. May we learn from a man who lived a long time ago but was very wise when he finally realized everything that the world had to offer was vanity and vexation of spirit. Well, our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning. I'm going to ask you, I wonder, if you were to die today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning who said, Preacher, I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Preacher, I'd like to be saved. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me, anyone this morning. Christian, has God spoken to your heart this morning? You say, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. But you know, my life really isn't, isn't, isn't centered upon the Lord. I, I have my own ideas and things. And that doesn't mean you have to stop your job or anything like that and your family. You don't give those things up. You center your life around Christ and he helps you with those things. That's the purpose God has you here.
Your purpose is not to make more money. Your purpose is not to have more toys. Your purpose is to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Decide to live for him. In a moment, we're going to have an invitation. God spoke to your heart. You need to come. The altar's open. Maybe you're here this morning. You're not sure of salvation. You come and we'll show you in the Bible how you can be sure you're going to heaven. You do what God says this morning. Father, thank you for this time. And I pray that you would bless and speak to us now. We make the right decisions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.